plans are worthless, but planning is everything. General and President Dwight Eisenhower's wisdom still rings true today. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents STRAT, Strategic Risk Assessment Talk. A forum with a preparedness mindset. Mitigating risks, creating systems of prevention and recovery to deal with potential threats. And understanding the objectives of a business continuity plan. This is the podcast for leaders who are committed to being prepared. Now, here are your hosts, retired Marine Intelligence Officer and globally recognized risk expert, Hal Kempfer, and investment banking executive, Mark Mansfield. Mark, we're going to talk about something. It's it's big. It's it's a it's a major mover, if you will, uh, in force field analysis. It's one of those big force field uh, things that drive a lot of stuff. And let's talk about ESG. Talk about the impact overall. Talk about specifically the economics involved. Some of the politics involved too. Uh, ESG, of course, we're talking environmental, social, governance, uh, investment strategies. And, and basically all the public policy issues which get into business planning, business strategy, what this entails, not just here in the United States, not just in North America, but literally worldwide. Yeah, this this just, it, it seems like this just uh, popped up on the scene and in many ways it has in terms of, and we're gonna give you with the environmental social governance and the associated drop downs that come out of that DEI, we'll explain that in a moment as well. But there's this is really- You gotta going- define DEI real quick. <laughs> well, let's come back to that, okay? The, the, where, where I'm going with this is diversity, equity, inclusion if, if right. for, for now. But there's a lot to drill down on, on that, too. There's I'm, I'm playing acronym policeman here, okay? <laughs> okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so we've got a, we've got a, we're going to give you a cheat sheet so you have some guidance, okay? We're going to talk about the reality as we perceive it, um, the politics. You mentioned that already. And, and then, you know, basically what you can do uh, because this is going to be a regulatory pressure that is here to stay. It's going to be unavoidable. And um, you first first thing about solving a problem, um, as Reagan said, uh, you know, I'm from the government and I'm here, here to, to help. help. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to live with it, folks. But we're going to do our best to uh, to get get you through this. Uh, what, what what we're going to be living with for going forward indefinitely. Well, and and frankly, a lot of it is it, it, there is some force field analysis that can be done on right. this uh-huh, in terms yeah. of pushing back and forth. You know, there's a big push towards this uh, with climate change, uh, with DEI initiatives across the board. There have been, um, you know, and and also trying to get away from fossil fuels and and, and a variety of other things, which kind of goes to climate change, if you will. Uh, There has been a move across the board uh, towards this and a lot of mandating of stuff. That's just probably the best way to put it. Uh, states, the federal government, have been mandating these movements uh, into the ESG realm in, in many ways, uh, and, and other countries have as well, and on the international side, it's been pushing this way. It has become a, a check-the-box thing in many places. You have to do certain things uh, in order to meet the requirements, the regulations. But there is also force field pushing back. And, and part of the problem is that I see some of these things probably weren't as well planned out in terms of, of how would you implement this? Do we have the resources to support this big shift, say, to EVs? You know, and that's, of course, the supply chain issues, along with everything else tied to EVs, has become a huge issue. Uh, even though, generally speaking, hey, get away from gasoline 
cars, get away from CO2 emission uh, vehicles, and let's move to EVs. Well, they mandated it, and now what you're seeing is that Detroit major automobile manufacturers are going, whoa, whoa, whoa. We saw the big rush. We were shifting our manufacturing in this direction. Now we've got big questions, which is, can it, is it really supportable? Yeah. Can we do this that fast? Well, so, so, so part of the complexity here, EVs aside, I mean, it goes to many issues beyond just EVs, but we're going to come back and drill down. But the big issue right now is the complexity. Uh, we, we don't have data. And this is going to be an emerging trend mm-hmm. in 24. Investment managers are being forced to have a certain amount of their portfolios ESG compliant, right? And DEI compliant. Um, but they don't know how, or how, how can we know how? Because we don't know what boxes to check. We don't have a data. We don't have a reporting loop. But that's going to be a, a big thing to address. You could have a, a, a pallet full of information here in terms of just paperwork, but we're going to try to distill down just a few things that you need to be cognizant of. And if so, you're not if you're in a meeting at, at your company or wherever that you at least know what we're talking about right now, there's three core scopes, they call it, in terms of the types of emissions that is, are really ESG sensitive. And for the case of this discussion, I think it's wise to say, let's talk about ESG right now, and then we'll come back and talk about DEI. DEI is a drop down of ESG, but they're two very different, albeit equally confusing buckets. Okay, uh-huh. so, all right. Scope one emissions are, are direct emissions from a company's operations. Okay, so that speaks to your smokestack industries and so forth, obviously, or um, uh, what you're polluting in a chemical factory uh, or whatever the case may be, or may not necessarily, pollute, but what you have to police. Scope two emissions are indirect emissions from purchased or acquired electricity, steam, heat, and cooling. Okay, um, that's a tough one to get your arms around for anyone that's tasked with that assignment in your company. And the third one is activities resulting from, a, um, from not your company's uh, direct activity, are not in your company's direct control, but act, for example, products that are in the, could be in the chain of liability or your supply chain. So that could be endless. And you know, to the point, uh, to me, it seems a little bit like, uh, are you kidding? What, what, how do I police that? <laughs> well, you know, it's fascinating. Uh, California, uh, which you may have heard is uh, a, a little bit more progressive than say Florida, um, <laughs> that, that California was trying to uh, limit CO2 emissions. Uh, they are also uh, were on a bandwagon. This is the post-Fukushima thing where they want to get rid of nuclear across the board. And, and so they said, okay, well, there wasn't really any, you know, yeah, there's a lot of solar, a lot of wind going in, but it wasn't that big to overcome some of the other things going on. So they said, well, we'll purchase uh, electricity from out of state. So they were touting their achievements in reducing CO2 emissions from the direct production of electricity in California. And avoiding the fact that they were buying electricity from other states, other Western states, that was being produced by coal-fired plants. <laughs> right. And so it's like the good news is less less emissions in California. The bad news is that coal-fired uh, electricity uh, you know production facility in Utah is doing great, and they're they're pumping out CO two at a rapid rate. So it was a direct versus indirect across the board. The other indirect thing, too, and I think of this because, I, as you know, I live in Long Beach, L.A. we got a big port there, the largest <laughs> port in North America. Well, one of the things that they've been working really hard on is uh, is, is burning uh, fuel while in port. 
and 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 one of the things that made a lot of sense and i i, I think it just is basically hooking them up to electricity uh while they're in port making sure they're not using that but you know this has been banned for a long time bunker sure uh yeah. fuel across the board but you know for a long time if you looked at a map a co2 map of of southern california you had this CO2 bubble over, uh, and a heat bubble as well, over Long Beach because of all the port operations. That really goes into uh, what I would say number three, if you will, uh, those emissions that come from the entire supply chain across the board. Very difficult to control. That's more of a public policy issue. Yeah. But a couple of things that just jump out from that well-meant stuff, you know, we're trying to direct, you know, direct emissions, we're going to cut it back, and yet they offset that by by uh by indirect emissions and by the way i'm going to say something here and, and some may correct me that when you put out co2 in utah eventually it goes into the same atmosphere as as they're breathing in california okay i'm, I'm going to go out there someone will come back and correct me on this but i'm thinking that that the atmosphere doesn't obey state boundaries as, as closely as one might think yeah, uh, that reminds me. Of, you remind me of the Monty Python line of "Who are you so learned in the ways of science?" <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, you have to know these things. <laughs> so, um, just so we can set the stage here in, in terms of expectation for our listeners, let's go through uh, just just the top most important considerations for ESG. Then we're going to give you just some of the real world feedback about impressions that are you know coming about the reality. I mean, you've already touched on the. The, the difficulty of harmonizing pol public policy at a state level, let alone a country level, let alone globally. Okay, so that, that's one thing. We're going to give you some key takeaways. And then, as we said, we want to give you just a little primer, primer here on uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Okay, very quickly, you're going to love this one. Um, TCFD, okay, that's the uh, Climate Related Financial Disclosures that was introduced in 17, is, is essentially the, the, the backbone for what now must be climate disclosure in, in terms of greenhouse gas. And again, it goes to how do I measure it? And how do I say for scope one that I'm responsible for versus scope three that the everybody is, is responsible for? Supply chain due diligence. This is a tough one. There's an element there of do no harm. So you, you need to be understand your, your supply chain processes. We've talked about that. Are they environmentally responsible? Are there any human rights abuse issues? Think of that. We, I mean, if you're supplying something in Latin America or Asia, whatever, but the blowback from a financial or a business case uh, model, it can have a reputational risk, media brand impairment. Um, if if so something's unearthed in your you know supply chain, when you're making shirts in Bangladesh, that actually impact a uh, Canadian company very badly uh, a while ago. Greenwashing, um, you know, th th this is an issue, of course. You know, humans being humans, of of creating the perception that the product is ESG compliant, but it's it's not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> and the SEC, SEC is jumping all over this. Okay. Why is that relevant? We've already talked about it. We need data. We need to understand how to be compliant. The Inflation Reduction Act, okay, we got it. There's going to be tax benefits. There's going to be all kinds of offsets. So you want to know how to navigate that. You've touched on the EVs. Autos responsible for 15% of the CO2. Um, California's in the second phase of uh, what, what you referenced as a Golden State Priority Project. So, um, you know, we'll see where this all ends up. Aviation. Uh, now... I was just announced a little while ago that the uh, first, uh, I think, the transatlantic flight was made with uh, um, uh, alternative uh, fuels uh, as opposed to aviation fuels. So they're making 
sensitivity, big infrastructure play. And then this is interesting, what they're calling the circular economy. So the reduction of, of waste. So of course, California Plastic Pollution Prevention and Packaging Act. Wow, say that three times. Um, I, I won't, I really won't, <laughs> <Okay>. no. <laughs> it, you know, they actually require single-use packaging um, by, by 2031, meaning that you know, it, 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 it can be reduced and extend the life cycle and, uh, and recycled, so uh, and combustible by. So these are all initiatives that are gonna be front and center as we you know, march forward. Well, Mark, you know, I do a lot of work, uh, consulting work in the maritime domain, if you will. <laughs> and uh, some of the interesting things, uh, more recently, uh, there was a, a major ship launched with a very advanced sail system. Uh, this was a commercial carrier. Uh, it doesn't replace uh, what what's happening in terms of uh, propulsion, but it dramatically reduces the amount of energy that it has to use in order to, and basically it's using the wind as another means to move this thing and, and and when you look at it you go it looks like they stuck these big metal cells on top of a tanker that's because they stuck big metal cells on top <laughs> of a tanker but but it's fasting and it's and it's ai driven this right. is what's fasting is the ability to do things with ai they couldn't do before and i bring this back to no, there's a variety of things we're doing in the maritime security domain, maritime domain awareness, and seeing ships that are out there doing bad things like transshipment of oil offshore or, or uh, you know, illegal, unregulated, unreported fishing in other people's waters. And part of this thing is this, this dramatic coverage of, of uh, satellites around the world that are able to do electro-optical imaging, uh, ready to do synthetic aperture radar, uh able to do a, a lot of things in the infrared spectrum and able to do it away and this goes back to your comment about data yep. there are things that we're able to do now or that we're soon going to be able to do which may help fill a lot of those gaps that we see in terms of data if we have the data which i think the public policy has been way ahead of the data for for quite some time if we have the data, I think there's a possibility of forming some decent policies which are realistic, targeted, and, and based on a, a, a good foundation as opposed to some of these things that are, I think they just said, get rid of all cars that run with gas, you know, as a great you know thing from the throne. And then they go, okay, we could do that, uh, your royal highness, but, but well, we can't move now because all of our cars run on gas. Right. Or Okay, so oh, okay, so you know, obviously, get out of Newport Beach and go over to Texas and Oklahoma and see what 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 people are driving. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So okay, we've got to move quickly. Um, there's some let let's give some uh, real world feedback here, and then we're going to give you some takeaways, and we've got to touch on the um, uh, the uh, DEI. Okay, approximately eighty percent of of I, I talk to money managers all the time uh, recognize that they're tasked with the e e ESG goals. But they have a fiduci fiduciary responsibility to maximize returns. So, so there, there, there's a real tension here, and this goes back to we. There is no free lunch. We need the C-suite to be compliant and understand public policy, and then we can translate. And this is go this is why this is going to be a data-driven exercise. I don't think that we have to um, make that point again. Just watch for it in 24. Okay, so we don't miss a boat here. DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. 
this is hugely undefined and it's it's boy legally stoked uh, portion of the ESG it's it, you're seeing all kinds of court cases about it now and actually on a political level and this is going to play out in 24 with uh, with the election you referenced earlier Florida is basically called DeSantis is calling ESG essentially financial fraud and mm -hmm. it, it goes to everything they don't want to have bonds issued that are associated with it so that that goes to public policy funding there's all kinds of things now on the other hand we've got California as to, to your point it's just Newsom's just passed uh, uh, rate laws VC firms must now report the number of diverse founders in which they invest the data about race sexual orientation gender identity disability and vet status so this is a very granular analysis that companies are you know in different areas are going to have to be compliant with and by the way as a vet i feel that's very important yeah, i thought i, 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 I left that, that for okay, you all right but anyway uh but but you know it's interesting as a veteran as a uh you know i've founded two veteran-owned small businesses as you know uh it was interesting there was all this stuff that was coming out from congress saying we want to do this and a certain amount of federal contracts will be set aside for veterans or disabled-owned veterans and when you got into it it's like it's a goal it wasn't a mandate and and i'm i'm glad to see on some and to some degree some of this stuff where i i say you know it's it's good that they're putting some teeth behind it the other thing though i will say though is there is pushback on this because it gets to uh you know returns and uh and there is a fiduciary responsibility to maximize return for owners uh they do have that requirement and uh and so there is some you know basic economics in this that that you know some of this public policy stuff you can't uh overdo and i think desantis is is feeling that you know in florida and and i think i may have mentioned to you that florida is not quite as progressive <laughs> as california it's i'm not saying that desantis would ever debate gavin newsom on these things oh never mind anyway <laughs> uh but uh one of the things that was interesting you know you had over a dozen states uh attorney general's over a dozen states sending letter to right. fortune 100 companies saying look uh, where there could be serious legal consequences over some of the diversity policies you know they're they're assessing uh, risk tolerance they're looking at they're they're calling for gap analysis I'm a big big believer in gap analysis for DEI and ESG status relative to their operations or liabilities across the board there is a lot going on here by the way I want to say something about this too which is if you have experts in all of these things that are know about climate change that understand everything in your company wow what an amazing company <laughs> yeah. but if you don't you do need to you need to work in this you need to do strategy sessions and by the way this is also something that's opening to a not a traditional war game but a modified oh, uh, war gaming uh, approach uh, absolutely so let, let me close quickly here i know we're just about out of time it's very important you know we we're positive we're realistic so whether you like it or not, you have to take action, but you got to take the right action. Okay, so we, we, you need an aligned ESG strategy and a reporting loop. Data is going to be critical. It's coming, okay? You're going to have a tax strategy to maximize ESG opportunities and minimize the liabilities. Okay, that, that's one thing. It's not going to be a cherry-picking exercise. It's going to be you, you got to check all the boxes, whether you like it or not, and, and that is coming. There's going to be – we need C-suite guidance. Um, so, you know, we're at a point, you know, there's a report out there, less than 30% of the investors think that this is, the reporting is good enough, and we just need to understand what a, a good sustainability ESG uh, document looks like and what's required to compile it. By the way, on ESG, I would say I'm going to again channel Sergeant John Stryker, uh, USMC, uh, John Wayne played in the San Iwo Jima. 
Life's tough, but it's tougher if you're stupid. All right, it's <laughs> it's time to get smart on ESG. Strat Strategic Risk Assessment Talk with Hal Kemper and Mark Mansfield. Podcast weekly from the Mutual Broadcasting System.